just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've only ever seen four episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Crash Into You. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Dude, did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 4, Crash Into You. Dom. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, though I have a confession. (gasps) Starting with a confession. (laughs) Starting with a confession. That's never good. So I watched this episode, and obviously this is the fifth time I've seen it, so hopefully, you know, I've got uh, memories to, to, to fall back on here. But it was also my wife and I's wedding anniversary yesterday. And my wife is pregnant, and I mentioned that on our pilot episode. So she can't drink, but for some reason that didn't stop me from drinking. (laughs) 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 From drinking a whole bottle of Prosecco to myself, just celebrating on the sofa. I'm doing this for both of us. This is for both of us. I, I haven't been drinking at all either, like, during this period. Not that I drink a lot anyway, but, you know, a beer here, <laughs> a, a glass of wine there. But I thought, I, I said, I was like, do you mind me? I want to toast. Our, it's our seven-year anniversary. Wow. You were there seven years ago. So, yeah, I thought I'd have one glass, have two, have the bottle. And was <laughs> having a good night. I was... I was trying to, I was trying to move her, like pick her up and move her to the other side of the sofa um, and couldn't. It was like a joke thing, but I managed to do it without spilling a full glass of Prosecco (laughs) and then continued to drink that and then got into bed and was like, podcast tomorrow. And so I watched the episode, um, but it's a bit hazy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, I'm sure we'll... Uh, thank you for your confession. Okay. And congratulations. I had sinned. You have, but congratulations on your seven years together. Thank you. Very happily It's actually 7-11 this year. It's 11 years together, seven married. And yes. I said to her, I said, oh, 7-11. And I was like, that's such a good t- like name for a shop, like 7-11, because it's open from 7 to 11. She's like, oh, is that why they called it that? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Sorry. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I have watched the episode. Excellent. Uh, I could only... I've actually watched it one and a half way through. Because you like to watch them twice. I like to watch it twice. I like one to just fully watch it. Two to one, see if I missed anything. Uh, Make sure I actually come to this podcast, you know, knowing that you know everything about it. So that I've got 
you know, a lot to talk about. I've still got a lot to talk about. There's a lot in this episode that, that is to talk about. A lot. I think episode four is already quite a key episode. Okay. Um, and we'll discuss that when we get onto our character journeys. Excellent. Well, shall we do that? Sure. Let's go for it. Okay. I'm going to pick at random this time. Oh. I'm going to pick Brooke. Brooke, good place to start, Brooke, actually, because she doesn't have a massive involvement in this episode other than throwing in a few comments here and there. Okay. Um, she goes to this... So they're having a party. There's a party that's about to happen mm-hmm. um, because they've, they've won their most recent game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the game, Brooke makes it very clear that she's coming to the party as well. And Peyton says to her, oh, I thought you weren't coming. Uh, weren't you going to hide in the backseat of Lucas's car? And Brooke says, oh, jealous. And, and Brooke's still playing on this that Peyton is jealous of her for the, how flirty she is with Lucas. And she's like, I can see it. You know, surely other people can see it. You could see it. You're both so broody. You mm. could be broody together. Yeah, and perfect. Nailed at, it. She's absolutely like, exa- nailed it. Nailed, nailed on the head. Smashing it. She knows what's going on. It's almost like she's a narrator in a weird way because the narrator always knows what's happening in a show um, or in like a theatre production or something like that. And she's almost got that insight and she's so sort of worldly in this world anyway of One Tree Hill um, that she knows absolutely everything that's going on. Well, I think it's actually really important that it gets noted in the show because it's almost becomes like a meta kind of joke, like an internal joke that they're both broody and miserable and, you know, spend times looking off into the distance, you know, thinking about how people have wronged them, so on and so forth, which, you know, most of the time is valid, but it kind of makes it a bit more appealing that it's self-aware, you know, it makes you feel more like, okay, but at least everyone knows that it's a bit they're a bit melodramatic sometimes yeah Peyton more than Lucas oh absolutely Lucas has complete reason to feel this way in my opinion and we'll talk about him but well, this is what I was going to say is that Lucas has had that quite tough upbringing the only real father figure that, that I know of at the moment is Keith and the actual biological father is just a horrendous human being um, but Peyton, I don't really know anything about her background, so I, I can only assume that she's had a sort of standard upbringing, but I, I don't know, and maybe she's just like that because that's her personality and she thinks, you know, the world is against her kind of thing and nothing will ever be right. Well, you will find out in subsequent episodes, like exposition about her childhood and upbringing, etc., etc., but I think as an audience, when we've seen Lucas before he's entered this world of the Ravens and whatever, whatever, he was happy. Like, we've seen him on the river court with his friends, 138 and free or whatever he was. And he seemed, you know, he's got skills and he's talking about what, what's he reading? You know, I read vicariously through you. Like, he seems quite happy, content. He goes and has dinner with his mum and Haley, you know, in the cafe, like all in the pilot. He's quite happy and then his world gets rocked mm. by all of this stuff that happens and then he becomes broody and whatever, whatever. Where Peyton, on the other hand, she's just been this consistent speed of miserable <laughs> all the way through. And I know we're not talking about her yet, but it's interesting how on this watch, 
and this is my fifth watch with then talking about it in such detail with you that my some of my opinions are changing on some of these characters Ooh. that I've like known and loved for a long time. Are they changing because of the rewatch or things that I bring up that you might not have considered before? I think both, but I only just finished rewatching it. Like as in, it, it took me a year because I was spacing out between other things. But uh, I so. But I think it's our conversations, but I also think it's like an age thing. I think as you get older, you relate differently to different characters and behavior can get on your nerves in different ways. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with our conversations and actually being able to converse with someone about it. Because like I've said before on the podcast, this is the first time I've ever spoken at length about this show because I don't know anyone that's what, that watches it. Mm. Yeah, so same. can bounce it off someone else and think, yeah. Okay, Peyton, you are miserable and difficult <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> so let's get back to Brooke. Yeah. So Brooke has made it very clear. She knows, she's aware Peyton has got something for Lucas. And Lucas reciprocates it. It's coming back the other way. And she can see that, but she, that's not going to stop her from playing this game that she's got of, I'm going to see what I can get away with with Lucas. And, you know, if, if he ends up being my boyfriend, then fine, I'll go with that for a little while. Um... She's strangely, for someone who's so, I don't know how to phrase it, or the best way of saying it, like, she's kind of really mature for someone who's immature. Yeah. I can't... She's kind of self-aware. Yeah. But it acts quite... It's almost like she's she knows that she is in this period of life where she can sort of get away with acting this way, that it's like, well, this is how you're supposed to act now, and then when she gets older, she would, like, mature. Yeah. Uh, yeah completely and I think there's in this episode there's not actually much more from her other than she plays the never have I ever game and she gets Lucas to play and this is where one girl says something about having sex with something plastic Teresa I think this is Teresa yeah I think I say that because I think they use this person Teresa a lot Oh, okay, she As comes up again. In, in that theme, but never having, like, a big part. Oh, it's okay. always like, oh, Teresa's done this, Teresa's done that. Yeah. So she's, like, a mentioned person. They're like, the butt of a joke a few times, yeah. Okay. Well, that's sad for Teresa. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Brooks then um, goes to pick the next thing on Never Have I Ever, and she goes, oh, no, wait, I have done that. <laughs> and it's, like, a silly little joke. And then that's when Nathan takes over the game and it all gets a bit out of hand. But she still plays that flirty, flirty side, that knowing side, and then she's got that like drunk, silly side. Um, we see her in Peyton's car when Peyton pulls up and she's like, oh, no, no, Jesus, like, every time I get in the car with you or I say it's going to be the last time because the driving's horrendous and you, you brake so harshly, sort of thing, nearly throws her through the windscreen. Um but I, other than that from this episode there wasn't a massive amount from her we see this little video clip that um, Nathan puts on which we'll talk about when we get to Nathan slash Lucas um, but there's a moment where she's like oh look at the hair it's crazy hair sort of thing because it's a, like, obviously like 80s in the or, 80s yeah. yeah. and there's a moment where Peyton says oh, I wonder if we'll end up like Karen or I hope we don't end up like Karen or something along those lines and Brooke's like, who's Karen? She doesn't even know. 
she's not, not even clocked that that's Lucas's mum and you know or she's forgotten because she's had a few too many to drink and but that's pretty much the sum of her character in this episode she she's there to add a few points and she's kind of like filler she's kind of like Tim in this episode Tim is in it for a little bit and for a key moment at the beginning and then he's kind of like worms his way in and out and that's about it um and Brooke's kind of the same I don't really get a lot from her from this episode I think Tim needs to be added onto the list, I think. We have a list on a whiteboard where we're sat. And, uh, yeah, I think Tim needs to be on there. There's a new character that needs to be on there as well. Okay, is that who? So this character, I, th- I don't know how key this character is going to be, but I denied their existence. <laughs> okay. Um, and thought that they would probably never show up. Okay. Nathan's mum. Oh. Dan's wife. Yes, did you get her name? I can't remember it. <laughs> it's Deb. Deb. Deb Deb needs to be added to the list. She for sure does. And she, we have to have a whole thing about Deb. She's important in this episode. Very, yeah. Yeah, so she's got to go on the list. Excellent, yeah. And there's there's a couple of people on our list that aren't in this episode. Jake, the Rivercourt guys, they're not around in this one. They weren't really in the last one either. No, well, the Rivercourt guys, Jake yeah, was, Jake, but... yeah. And Whitey only has a tiny bit, if not all. Is he he in there at the beginning? He he has a bit right at the beginning and that's it. Because it's the game. Yeah. And then that's it, really. So, yeah, excellent. Okay, let's add Tim and Deb are added to the list. That gives us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like, younger characters and five, you know, adult characters. Yeah, that's good stuff. Nice. Cool. So I guess that kind of wraps Brooke up, right? There's there's not much else. I mean, I would ask you a prediction, but I'm assuming there's not much to predict. It's just a continuation of what you predicted last week. Yeah, I think she's just going to carry on being what she is at the moment, kind of picking on Peyton for fancying Lucas, but not really dealing with it. And she'll just keep pointing out things that are obvious to us as they audience but not obvious to the characters okay pick a character uh let's pick dan okay to dan scott where do you want to start we'll start at the basketball game i suppose yeah we'll start at the beginning with all of them okay they're all there aren't they yeah um with the exception of deb yep um so dan gets to witness We've had all this pep talk from Dan about, to Nathan, sorry, being um, the best on the team. And we know that he said in a previous episode that Lucas isn't a teammate. He's a... An enemy. An enemy, like a rival, because he's after your position. So he's a competitor. He's someone you need to go and beat. And you need to make it happen to restore your place on the team. And... We the first moment of Dan in this episode is seeing um, Nathan being marked, Tim not being able to pass him the ball, so he passes the ball to Lucas and Lucas scores and they win the game. So Lucas gets like the winning shot again. The glory. He gets the glory shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, his face, a <laughs> glory shot on his face. <laughs> no, 
no, no, no. Don't drag me into that world. Not again. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say anything. So at this point, Dan's uh, face is just like pure shock and disappointment because Nathan should have got that glory shot. And so mature. I haven't seen anything. Nathan, Nathan should have been the one to make that final shot and earn his position back because Dan is all about earn your position back, fight for it, get it back, um, prove to Whitey that you deserve to be there, keep your record, even beat your record, but don't let him beat it. Disappointment at the end of the game from Dan and then Nathan saying he invites Lucas to go to the party and well, we can get to that bit when we get to when we get to Nathan, but another big part of Dan in this episode is Deb coming back and sort of feeling like, well, the cat's been away, so the mice have been playing, and now the cat's back, and that actually we need to sort of straighten up a little bit. He can't perhaps be so sort of Monty Burns evil over Nathan. I kind of saw it as a slightly different point of view. Not in that the cat's been away. Because I think Dan is always the cat. I think the mouse got out for a while. Had probably a nice time. And then came back. So what are you saying? You think he also has this kind of hold over Deb as well? You think he's sort of controlling of her also? Yeah, because they they have a little rat. When they're talking about Nathan and Nathan's life and what his interests are and she says you spend a lot more time with him than I do and he looks up to you and you talk to each other um when she's talking about it and talking about his relationship and how Dan is and and when she's talking about how Nathan is really feeling Dan pushes back and says um talks about her basically not being a present mother so you're always going off for work and you're always traveling for work she's like it's 10 days out of a month um, and then Dan pushes back and fights back and says, well, the times that you are here, you're always working from home. And, and it causes this bit of a stir. And it's that, you know, we were talking about Nathan always knocking down whoever tries to get a rise for, like above him. Yeah, the one-upmanship. Yeah, and it's the knocking them back down and saying, well, it's because of you. You're the problem. I'm not the problem. Um, and it's that immediate defence. And it's that he puts up that wall to his own wife. He's excited to see her. He's happy to see her because he wasn't expecting it. wasn't expecting her to be back. Um, so I thought you actually saw a genuine excitement from that. It was a nice embrace. Like he sort of gives her a kiss and a hug, and yeah, he does seem happy to see her. Yeah. And you saw a bit more of a softer side to him in the in those opening sort of scenes. Just a little back. bit more human rather than this obsessive controlling dad. Yeah. Um, and the mum and Deb is clearly not like that at all in terms of how controlling she is. The only comment that she has, I know, I know we'll get to her in a minute, but the only comment she has is when she's in his room, because they're obviously at the beach house. She's in his room, he's got all this stuff on the walls, and she says, he used to ask me before he put anything on the wall. Which is kind of, you, you would, it's your parents' house and you're putting holes in their wall, or blue tack or whatever, and it's... it's polite to ask isn't it Lutac ruined so many of my bedroom walls growing <laughs> up ruined it it's all those posters of the Spice Girls you had <laughs> <laughs> I did have a poster of the Spice Girls I remember Emma Bunton 
they slowly got replaced by Trish Stratus from WWF. Uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. But why make it blue? Blue tack. Yeah. Why yeah. make it blue to go on like predominantly usually like white, white walls? walls? Dumb. White tack. You can't get white tack. Couldn't then though. Not really. It wasn't as readily available as it is now. Not as... Nine ninety nine. <laughs> I had posters of, like... I remember I had a big poster of Will Smith as well. Oh, nice. Because, you know... Yeah. But, yeah, did, did you clock his CD player? On the wall? Yeah. The, the four... Was it four CD? Yeah. Like, so dope. I used to... Always, in them days, it's like... That's the signal of a cool person right there. <laughs> Just got his music ready to go. On the wall. On the wall. Yeah, it's not taking up a bookshelf. That's, <laughs> that's mounted, baby. <laughs> well, what else happens to Dan? That's kind of it. He doesn't have. Well, he has that argument with Deb, doesn't he? About she's saying that she's seeing him being controlling and pressuring and so on and so forth, and that she's gonna spend time, more time at home. Well, Dan has that moment at the end when Keith has told Deb what Nathan has done to the car. Oh, yeah. So Dan is then informed and goes, oh, my God, is Nathan okay? Caring dad, fine. Um, He wants that championship ring. Yeah. And he finds out Nathan's okay and he's like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's kind of, as long as Nathan's okay, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's not interested in reprimanding him or... Yeah, he's a good kid normally. It's kind of how that, the theme of Dan in this episode is going. Even though he's the one that's put so much pressure on him in the first three episodes and made him very difficult, uh, made it very difficult for him and made him quite uncomfortable. Um, And when the mum finally says he needs to take some responsibility now, he needs to, you know, deal with this and make it right, even if it does involve Lucas, Dan is the one that, again, puts up this wall and is just like, whatever, you know, we'll find, we'll pay for it. You know, it's kind of like we'll just throw money at it and it'll go away. But there is that nice bit at the beginning, like just to go back to Dan being a nice, normal human being, is um, slightly less intense with, you know, pressuring his son. Um, where he says to to Deb, oh, it's, it's nice to have you back. Are you, you know, are you sure you want to carry on going off saving the world when you could be, you know, selling cars with me? And although it's a joke and it's kind of tongue in cheek, it's it's quite a nice sentiment, really. He wants to work with his wife, or at least you know, have her around. Because from the first three episodes, I, I just thought she didn't exist. I thought it'd get to a point where she just never turns up, and she's always away on business. But it's nice to see that 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 person has arrived, and it's nice to see that they're not in the boosters in that that club. She might be in the boosters, but she. She feels like, you know, I was describing that one person that would include Karen. feels like she could be that person. Mm, and you wouldn't of, have foreseen that, right? Yeah, I've kind of already moved on to Deb now. I, well, think, I think we're done with Dan, but let's go. Well, predict. What about Dan predictions? I, again, Dan, I don't think Dan will change. He might change slightly now his wife is in the in the picture and on the scene. But I think when it's him and Nathan, he'll be very much like you need to achieve this this is what you need to achieve in basketball you need to go for it do you even want to win and he'll put completely continue to put that pressure on when Debs is around 
it will, he'll be like a different person. And I think that's what will conflict Nathan a lot more, and not really knowing, not really knowing what to deliver, and and like which Dan to listen to. Okay, nice. Well, yes. Let's move on to Deb. If that's okay, if you're happy to move on to her, I am happy. <laughs> so Deb is played by Barbara Allen Woods. Babs. Babs. Yeah. Um, she now has a daughter that's an actress in real life this is obviously um who's in like a quite a big netflix show and yeah but she's been in a lot of things yeah she's really good it's interesting she looks very different in these opening episodes like she actually looks older in these opening episodes than she sort of does subsequently in the show depending on how long she's in the show for i'm not gonna say whether she does the whole stretch or not but she looks older at the beginning than she does going forward i don't know whether that's just like hairstyles and stuff i don't know well it'd be interesting that i want to put on your radar so you're aware so i can get your opinion as we go through either way doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) but yeah what did you think of deb what did you think of Barbara Allen Woods, the actress. Good actress. You know, played the part so far really well. Um, no t- tips or hints to give. No, no, no little comments. <laughs> well, she kind of, we kind of spoken about the majority of her function at the beginning, but we do get her going and confronting Karen for the first time. I think confronting is the, the wrong word. Because she's not confrontational. She's kind of like almost in a way waving a white flag yeah. and saying, hey, we're we're not enemies. Like, yes, we fell in love with the same guy, but his past doesn't have to be our future. Or she puts it in a way like that, isn't it? Something like that. You know, we don't have to have any friction yeah. because they were never opposing each other. Are their lives or their paths hadn't ever crossed up until this point. And they'll be aware of each other and there'll be a knowledge of each other, I'm sure. But Lucas wasn't involved with Nathan in any way. But now they are. So Karen's always going to be at the games. They're going to be at the games. Dan's two sons play on the same team. This is where their worlds are now crossing over and interlinking. So she's not really had to worry about it or think about it. But now it's having such a big impact on her son... She's kind of making that decision and thinks it's the right decision to go and say to Karen, look, it's okay. Um, No bad blood here. Let's just let bygones be bygones. You kind of feel how you feel and that's that's fine and that's right. I don't really want anything else from that or any other issues, you know. That's how I read into it anyway, from what she was saying in the cafe. It's like, no, yeah, I don't want any drama with you. I have nothing against you. And it almost ties back a little bit to Karen's journey in episode two, was it? Or three? When is the... It was the Booster Mum Club in the last episode. Yeah. In three, sorry. Where she was saying, you know, I wanted to judge you on the person that you are now. That's not to say that Deb was ever a bad person, but it's part of, I need to judge the person that stood in front of me, not what my subconscious is making up about this person and putting out and that kind of touches on our 
high flyers club segment from a couple episodes ago as well is is about a lot of the time we come up with what we believe someone else's opinion is without ever you know knowing that to be true or not it's like our minds can be self-destructive and sabotage ourselves so i think it was kind of a continual theme of i need to judge you on who you actually are in the present yeah absolutely well put thank you i do have to talk about the biscotti okay so i never knew what biscotti was for a long time you're aware of biscotti like an italian type biscuit yeah like biscuit cookie would they call that a cookie in america i guess sure so as i think we've said before so i i work in care and i used to care for this guy that uh and this actually is quite typical people um on the autistic spectrum in the uk and probably in other countries that take in a lot of media that's american media you know tv movies whatever that they start to develop a bit of a, an American accent because it's sort of what, you know, what they're taking in. And I was with this guy, and he's really tall. He's like 6'7", right? <laughs> I'm quite tall. I'm like 6'2". It's like towering over me. Wow. Um, he's really gentle, really lovely. And I took him to this coffee shop, and because he's so tall and he's pretty big, he, he likes to eat. He likes his food. Uh, and it was like, I was just about to take him home. We were just about to have a drink. And I was like, okay, what, got the drink? What do, what do you want to eat? What What do you want? And they're like, well, what do they have? And I was like, oh, they've got this, they've got that, they've got that. I was like, they've got biscotti. I was just like reading the labels. And he just took this moment. It was like a little pause. And he looked at me and he just went... <laughs> He went, Biscotti, is that the best they can do? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny. I mean, it's nothing to do with anything of him having uh, autism or anything. It's just a really funny thing to say. (laughs) Every time I hear Biscotti, I just think, Biscotti, is that the best they can do? (laughs) Debs gets one. And is that the best that Karen can do, though? Wow. I mean, she pays for it. She does. It's like, yeah. It was like $3. Yeah, free something for a coffee to and she go. she gives her a five. Yeah. And there's a slight pause over taking the note. Yeah. It's like, am I taking money from yeah. the enemy? Because Karen, Karen kicks off at her and is like, if this is Dan's way of spying on me, you coming in here, and she's very defensive, like, straight away. And it's exactly what, what you said and what we've talked about, you know, with... Uh, high flyers and what we want to do around that um, it's people jump into a, a judgment and a, a decision based on what just what's ticking over in their head she's just made that assessment that the wife of her like arch rival an arch enemy sorry is here to spy and pick and make fun and poke holes like the other mums in the boosters she, that's exactly what she's expecting but then she catches the flip side, which is this person isn't like that at all. She's very grown up, very mature. Um, we know that she d- does a lot of work with like AIDS charities and stuff like that. So she's having an impact on the world and trying to make things better. And she feels, for me, she already feels like that, that sort of character. Is that she's quite calm, understanding, um, 
I suppose, inclusive and just wants things to be normal. If, you know, whatever normal is, but just relaxed and not stressful and just people working together, but in the right way. And that, that's the perception I get from Deb. Well, and now she says she's gonna, she's sticking around. She's gonna cut her days back, whatever. So what is your prediction for Deb going forward and her function in the show? So I, I think Deb has taken the step that Hayley mentions. Like, have you ever talked to each other? And Deb has taken that step before anyone else has and without being prompted to, and has gone and spoken to Karen. And I, you know, I alluded to Karen being accepted into the boosters and someone looking out for her. I strangely think it's going to be Deb. I weirdly think Deb and Karen are going to have a relationship. I don't know how comfortable it's going to be or what sort of relationship it's going to be, but there's going to be something there where potentially Deb will look out for Karen at some point and Karen may eventually have to repay the favour or you know then start to treat her as a friend and then that's going to cause potential ripples and rifts with Dan so many ripples Dan Dan is then you know going to feel like he's losing his his family his foothold as well on his power over Nathan potentially because if if Deb can oversee all of this and have that influence on Nathan to talk to Lucas and include him, Dan's got nothing. Isn't that crazy? That So the thing that Dan currently has is the power over his son to bully his other son. And that is the thing that is able to sort of utilise to, to, yeah, continue to have this power. Yeah. It's crazy. Nuts. That's my thoughts on it. But isn't that a great premise for a show? So, <laughs> what about Karen then? Because that kind of interweaves with what we were just saying. Well, Karen's in it from right at the beginning. I've remembered it right at the beginning is um, the issues with the pipe work in the house, isn't it? Oh, yes, of course. Um, and then, then it sort of goes into the game, doesn't it? She's like laughing about it. Yeah, so she's like rinsing his hair off, rinsing Lucas's hair off the water stops um, and she's just trying to deal with that but it wasn't to do with the fact that she hadn't paid the water bill she had paid the bill it was that just the pipe like work pipe. yeah yeah um, and she has a couple of moments in the episode it's not until sort of nearly the end of the episode that's the most key and pivotal moment for her Um because she is just doing her usual Karen thing. She with the bit we've talked about with her and Deb, she has that. Um, and I think we've covered both sides of that quite well when talking about Deb. It's the bit where she's confronted by Lucas because Lucas has watched the video. So she's watched the uh, Lucas has, has seen now seen the video of her prom with Dan and talking about having a future together and potentially being married and what they're going to do and what their dreams are. Well, on that video, did you notice that obviously it was different actors in it, but did you notice that they had ADR'd Paul Johansson and Moira Kelly's voices over on top of the actors? So they're sort of doing a impersonation of what 
a younger version of their voices would sound like, if that makes sense. Did, I, you, did you notice that? Yeah, you could definitely hear Karen's voice was exactly the same. I wasn't entirely sure about Dan's voice, um, j- just because I could see it wasn't the same people. It was obviously similes, isn't it? You know, younger yeah. versions. Um, and they've, yeah, they've they've put the voices over the top. Um, I, I knew it was Karen's voice. I, I wasn't sure about Dan's voice, but he only says like, "Good sex." Yeah. To be fair, what's the what's the secret to your relationship or whatever? And it's like, "Good sex." <laughs> it's a sad, it's a sad moment. Maven says it's a comedy. Yeah. We'll deep, get, so we'll, deep. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. Get to that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, go it's, on. It's on the back of that video that Lucas confronts Karen. And um, she's like, comes into the, the house and he's picking at the table. And she says, oh, I'm going to need like, help digging a ditch tomorrow because I'm not paying that much money to get this pipe fixed. So we can just do it ourselves. You know, they're quite self sufficient. And this is where he kicks off. He's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a ditch digger now, am I? But you understand where that's coming from because he's just been at his biological dad's beach house, which, can we take a a moment to talk about the beach house? Like, it's like a mansion in in its own right. It's huge. And and, And this is in the same town. So it's not even like it's a holiday home, you know, a few hours drive away. So Dan has a massive, you know, brick traditional beautiful massive house and then has another second massive beach house up the road how much money does this guy have (laughs) right like how many cars is he selling like i mean were you not taken back by the beach house uh for a minute i thought i i had to go back a little bit on the episode and find out where the party was because i thought he said there's a party at my house I thought the interior of this house is very strange, but it makes sense because it's a massive house. And then I thought, well, the parents are upstairs, so Dan and Debs were upstairs. And I thought, well, there's no way Lucas could get into this party undetected by Dan. Dan would have an issue with this. And then I realised, I sort of had to flick back and realise he said beach house. And obviously, like, every time we open the back door, <laughs> there's sand everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that, doesn't that show why Lucas, though, would feel this way? That he's gone to his dad's massive house with these kids that all seem to be pretty sort of well-off and whatever. And then he's going home and his mum's like, you know, the, the pipe work's not working. He's got to dig a ditch the next day to do whatever, whatever. And it's very juxtaposed. But he probably can feel like, well, this could have been my life. You know, not in terms that he wants to be with Dan or whatever, but if his mum had accepted some form of support and child support and whatever, then potentially they would have more. But then as she explains that if she had then taken that, then she had felt like Dan could have had, you know, some sort of power over them or visitation rights and whatever. And that actually it's a better, it's a price to pay to not receive that support but she'd rather do that and choose that every time to be able to bring up lucas on her own which is much more commendable and as lucas gets older and probably in that conversation he understood that that is a better way to go and that he would rather it be that way as well but he's young dom and you know we're all materialistic at that age and some beyond that 
that sometimes he just wants hot water from a shower. I mean, the shower was like put together with like coat hangers and stuff. Wow. You have a lot to say on that this time. You really love Lucas, don't you? Just say it. <laughs> I just, just... He has a lot going on. <laughs> not like Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> no issues there. Right, well, I can't say. Because <laughs> we'll get exposition on Peyton later down the line. Okay, fine. No spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler free. So, yeah. Go on. This comes out of nowhere, though. Like, to Karen. Karen's not expecting that at all. No. Um, well, and it's been something they've never had to deal with before because it's never been present, has yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he brings it up. He's frustrated. He's upset. They're living in this comfy world where they've got two massive houses and one of them's just like a spare house that they can go to every now and then at weekends and stuff. And they've got, like you said, they've got a house that they have to do their own pipe work. They even talk about having an emergency visa for, for this sort of issue and then paying off a credit card. Um, they live by their means, don't they? And it's it's difficult for them. And he's realised that his whole upbringing is based on her decision to completely write him off because he initially wrote them off. Dan, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, by choosing at the moment I understand it to be that he chose going to college over supporting her and helping raise raise Lucas he chose going to a different college or whatever um, whether there's more to it than that I don't know I suppose I'll find out okay well that kind of is Karen's function so what is your predictions for Karen going forward or is it intertwined with like what you said for Deb I think there's links to to Deb I don't know whether there's going to be more involvement with her and Dan she didn't come across Dan at all in this episode Um, and she might not she didn't even come across Keith in this episode I don't think she didn't at any point so it's just just her and Lucas yeah um so I, I don't know whether I, th- I think there'll be something between her and Deb again Deb's made that initial step so the character of Karen needs to either repay that um, or kind of follow it up and I don't know when that will be but I think the next episode something between them will happen and that will be their sort of key moment okay nice well let's move on to Keith okay it's talk to me about Keith I think Keith is in it like the shortest amount of time over everyone. I'm pretty sure in this episode he only appears when Nathan has destroyed Peyton's car, has done some quite significant damage to the car and someone else's car and Lucas takes the fall for it and takes it to Keith's body shop garage. And towing. And towing. Yeah, and he has a go at Lucas saying, well, and Lucas is like, you know, I'll do it after hours and I'll pay for the materials and he's like yes, yes. you will yes, like you it's hard will. enough to get paying customers in here because I mean we haven't seen Keith's house or anything like that but is your assumption I'm assuming you know is blue collar worker is sort of like Karen in that he's not like super wealthy or anything either so he's a man with a lot of skill uh, is obviously very good at you know 
good with his hands kind of person like like you said blue like typical blue collar um not as business minded as his brother and would rather do things to help people out than for money he's not driven i don't think he's driven by money um but yeah we don't know i don't know how he lives you know he, he's not he doesn't seem like the sort of person that would have a mansion and a beach house he seems like the sort of person what like you said that um, is quite humble like Karen and will live by his means so like whatever he gets he, he uses and he makes good use of it rather than buying unnecessary things yeah well that's basically Keith now, what is your sure prediction for Keith or it's kind of hard to he's literally the only one that says to, to Lucas you, you tell your mum or I will yeah. And he, but he also he's not afraid to get Nathan in trouble he phones oh, yeah, he says yeah he phones the, the he phones Deb. Yeah. Well, he phones for Dan, but speaks to Deb and says, This is what Nathan's done. Oh, I guess it's because he has because he has a relationship with Dan, like as in they're not like super close or anything, but you've seen him converse and stuff, right? So he must have a relationship with Nathan to the to a to a limit, don't you think? Like, as in, they must know... Well, what, what, what do you think? I mean, there's a knowledge of each other and a familiarity, but he's not hes not really involved in Nathan's life at all. he He's kind of picked what side he's going to be on. Although Dan still talks to him, and it's almost formal, though, isn't it? Yeah, but what, but what I mean is, is it's not like... It's not there's no, There's no... It's not like a fragile thing where it's like doesn't want to he's not he's not bothered about getting nathan in trouble do you know what i mean because yeah. it's like he's not precious about him precious that's the word i'm looking for he's not precious about him but i also assume he doesn't like hate him you know it's kind of just maybe indifferent and it's still probably, blood but he's done something wrong and needs to yeah exactly be dealt with and i think he knows that he's under dan's influence and dan's manipulating him and he knows what dan's like so has an understanding of where some of the angst and stuff could come from. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Did we talk about Y.E.? No, but but like in terms of predictions for Keith, about the same. Just that uncle slash father figure role, because he's the real dad. Convinced. Hashtag Dom's predictions. <laughs> okay. So what about Y.T. Then we can wrap him up quite quickly. Literally at the beginning of the game. Um, he says to it's not even at the beginning of the game actually it's near the end of the game at the beginning of the episode he says to Nathan and Lucas pretend like you're on the same team or whatever you know, it, essentially you're not passing to each other stop being so selfish it's a team game get on with it I can't remember what he says There's something, it's like he says pretend you don't know each other or something like that I can't remember exactly what he says, but he makes it very clear that he just needs him to get on with it and win this game. And then we go out and do it. And then we don't see him again. Okay. So we we have no Jake, no Rivercourt, guys. So we've covered Brooke. It means we have... Did we, we done Deb. We've got four characters left. Five, we include Tim, sorry. So let's go in with... Nathan, I think, and that will kind of tie into 
Haley and Tim and Peyton and Lucas. They'll kind of all mesh. So talk to me about Nathan. Nathan is stroppy at the end of the basketball game because he didn't receive the ball from Tim. So he starts to like cut out Tim. So he treats Tim exactly like his dad treats him. Mm. Exactly how Dan would treat him. So you've done something I didn't agree with. I'm not happy about it. I'm just going to ignore you. He won the game. And as we were saying in the last episode, Tim is the point guard. Do you remember what the point of the point guard is? Control the play. Yeah, and to distribute the ball. So Nathan wasn't open. Lucas is open. They've got to win the game. You've got to pass it to the open man. Exactly. Simple. Simple sports. <laughs> Works across all of the sports. As easy as that. <laughs> yeah, so he was doing what he had to do, but obviously Nathan is being petty and doesn't get that. But Nathan then invites Lucas to the party and says, well, and Lucas kind of questions it. And he says, well, you know, I said the team, didn't I? And, you know, he's part of the team. Do you think that there was motive behind the invitation? Do you think he was setting him up to embarrass him? Or do you think it was an innocent invitation? Uh, it was to continue the hazing. But he's the only one doing it, though, now. Oh, yeah, it's to continue the bullying. But it's to do it in a just really spiteful way. And, and to embarrass him in front of everyone else whether that's teammates the rest of the school whatever whoever you know and do you think it's also fueled because he got that game winning shot as well to kind of sort of stick it to him again yeah he had had that moment of almost being nice but lucas was immediately suspicious um what i don't understand is why he invited hayley why hayley went along hayley hasn't mixed into any of that at all but she did in this episode and I know that I discussed on the previous episode, Haley needs to have that moment of almost switching allegiances um, and she gets found out or they'll she'll have a difficult time with Lucas. I think I predicted that on the previous episode and it's kind of happened in this one. And we'll get to it when we get to it with Haley. I don't know why Haley's there. Well, just guess, a bit of backup for him? Yeah, well, who would he be there with otherwise? If you'd think Jake, maybe, but they're not really cool like that. He could have taken, like, skills or someone from the river court, but they've sort of vanished. So I think it was just him taking him taking his friend, just, you know, check it out and to not be alone. Which, perfect opportunity for Nathan, that that she's there, because he gets to continue to play his game mm, well when they arrive to the party and he's like oh hi I'm Nathan Scott yeah which is like the most polite we've ever seen him be yeah it's just he's not being a scumbag <laughs> he's being nice and would he have ever introduced himself <laughs> yeah like, that's, well, it's so it's so random and that's uh, you know we see it in Peyton's face she knows yeah she immediately knows that that's not right he would have just gone hey you know what's up you know great fine come on in Firstly, I love your impression of, <laughs> of like, 16-year-old boy. Hey, sup? <laughs> sup with your boo? <laughs> uh, Is this your girl? <laughs> she fine. <laughs> I made that my bitch now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
the way that he introduces himself to her is so game playing, isn't it? Very like, yeah, calculated. And to sort of let her know that he is in control of the situation. We get to the I never situation, which we touched on earlier with Brooke. And then Nathan goes with the low, low blow of saying, I've never had a dad that wished I was a stain on the sheets. Oh. 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 Do you think that was premeditated in terms of that he already had that locked in his brain? Because that's a deep cut. Oh, that's be hard to think of off the cuff, I think. No, I think he's thought of that there and then. Just that deep. Yeah. I think he's just that evil. But he he he's clever to only do this when Haley's not around. Mm. Haley's not around, and then the video's played when Haley's not around. Mm, I didn't notice and that. Yeah, all of these hap- things happen when Haley's not around because he's made a, a a deal with her essentially that he will be tutored if he one doesn't tell Lucas and two leaves him alone. And then later he's like when Haley's like on the on the pier or the dock or whatever, and she's saying, you know, you said this, that, and the other, and he's like, oh, that that was just a joke. That's in the house. They're still in the house. Oh, it's point. in the house. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, that was just a joke. You know, we're just messing around. Yeah, we always like go hard on each other. <laughs> <laughs> but the guys, the guys in the team, always like push each other quite hard, and um, he's just misunderstood that completely. Weird. But it's not that at all. You can see it in Peyton's face. Well, when when you heard him say that as a first time viewer, like, did it shock you? That it was like that deep. I was like, that's super harsh. What has happened here? I, I was surprised he went there. I knew, I knew he'd say something. You know he's going to say something because he's there. He's in front of him, and he's got a crowd. Like, so having a bit of an audience, people to play up to and to embarrass him in front of. But to play the our dad didn't want you card. You're a mistake. It's a, it's pretty much. As insulting and as harsh as you could get away with on TV without without swear words, without curse words. Pretty much. Like, it's pretty much as far on... Like, there's not much worse he could have said to him. This still raises so many questions with me, though, in terms of how Nathan exists at the same age and stuff like that. I, I just need to get to that point. Yeah. That's all I need to understand is why are they the same age? It's coming. Why does he exist at the same time? Who are the others in Lost? <laughs> I must know. You, you will, it will happen. You, you will get the answers. Okay. Friend. You will get the answers. But it, he also does it in front of an audience of, of like his yes men, isn't it? It's like all people that sort of suck up to him it's like a safe environment for him to do it in yeah he's he's not going to be judged by oh what's her name the the spare michelle oh Teresa. sure michelle (laughs) so Teresa's not gonna not gonna say anything tim's definitely not gonna say anything brooke's not gonna say anything doesn't really say anything hayden's the only one that could and she does eventually doesn't she but not until later but we'll get to that she doesn't defend anyone publicly she just pulls a face. On the to bring it back to our high flyers club because this is important that we talk about these points. Isn't it interesting that bullies only do this in situations that they're comfortable in? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of 
So here's, here's a good example. So this isn't uh, like a bullying story. This happened to me yesterday. Oh. Yesterday, yeah. This is a nothing thing, but it is interesting in, in this, right? So I go to, uh, to the shop to go and get stuff for dinner. And I go into the shop, buy all the stuff. Walking out, I'm on my own. I've got, I'm wearing shorts, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says pancake on it, (laughs) which is from this like pancake restaurant in New York. Uh, And it's got the, I don't know if this played into it or not, but it's it's in um, rainbow colors, right? Um, Which is, you know, part of the LGBTQ plus community, you know, sort of symbolism, iconology, etc. right? I don't know if this is why this happened or what. It doesn't matter. Anyway, walking down back to my car and these three guys, they're probably in their mid-20s, maybe a little bit younger. And they're being a little bit rowdy and whatever. And the guy stops me and just goes, oh, excuse me, mate. My mate fancies you. Ha, ha, ha. Like right up in my face. Just being like, whatever. And what do I do, Dom? Okay. That's nice. Getting your car and drive off. I I didn't even stop. Nice. I didn't like. I didn't even. I sort of looked because someone was like, "Excuse me," and then I could see they were just going to be douchebags. So I just kept walking. They gave zero reaction, right? But then I was thinking, I was like, if that guy had been on his own, he wouldn't have said. He wouldn't have spoken to me, right? Because there's no audience to entertain. Uh, if I had been with even one other person. If you and me had been walking down the street, they wouldn't have said anything. Do you know what I mean? Because there's three people and one person. Or if there was three people and I was with two other people, or if I if I was with, do you know what I mean? Like people pick on people that they think are. I mean, this is, this is not anything that bothered me. I just more thought of it as it's interesting in the context of when people feel comfortable to try and be confrontational to people that they don't you, do you know what i mean they've got a crowd to play up to yeah but also you're sort of in a more vulnerable position because you're on your own or you know whatever or the thing is with with people like that is that they feel brave in that they're they're in a group yeah that's what they, they, they can yeah. get away with that sort of scenario but they don't know who you are they don't know what you're capabilities are or your what your mental capacity is at the time they don't know that you're carrying a weapon they don't know <laughs> no I, you, carrying a bag of bread yeah but... you're carrying a bag of bread but you, you know they they don't know that they don't know that you don't have a, a knife in your pocket or you, you know something in your waistband or something like that and and i know we're gonna laugh about it because in the sort of scenario that we're in it seems quite um silly to bring up but because I know you so well I know that you are the most passive person ever and would just carry on walking but there's there's nothing other than safety and numbers he's relying on safety and numbers and that there there is more than one of him that will keep him safe from you mm. but essentially if he's after a reaction from you by saying that Whatever that may be, whether it be ha ha, thanks mate, or what you're saying, and it becoming a thing, he's got his two mates to back him up because it's three versus one. Yeah. But he has absolutely no idea what your capabilities are or, or what you're likely to do, or whether you, you know, you, you could just snap 
very absolutely mental. Well, that's it, and this is what I, why I bring up like what I was wearing and whatever because what I, if I was wearing different clothing or looked menacing in any way or whatever, then I'm less likely to do it. You know, mm. it's kind of like an easy target, but it's also uh, if that guy. I was thinking, what if I was walking down the street the next day, right? Let's say, and. I see the same guy again, but he's just on his own. What if I went up to him and went, oh, hey, sorry, you said something to me yesterday. Can, what, what was that about? It would probably be a thing of like, oh, just having a laugh with my friends, blah, blah, blah. Like as in, do you know, like they wouldn't react in the same way because now there's nothing, they're not playing up to a crowd. Yeah, you know what I he, mean? He hasn't got safety in numbers anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so what? what my point is back to the episode is that I couldn't imagine, though Nathan, he is mean to Lucas later in this episode when they are on their own, but he is getting this buzz off of the public humiliation of doing it in front of a crowd, belittling someone to other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I've I've had a similar situation. Let's go. (laughs) Dom's coming into the High Flyers Club. Uh, When I was at university, I was walking home from a night out. I was on my own. Uh, it must have been early hours of the morning. I'm walking home. It was a, a walk that I'd done many times before. Um, and there was a group of about 15 lads. Oh, wow. And uh, they'd followed me a little part of the way, obviously going in the same direction. But uh, as I was walking, I was trying to keep ahead of them as best as I could. And they were making comments and not being particularly nice the whole time. And I heard one of them say, let's, let's get him. Let's go for it. Why not? Oh, God. And it wasn't until that moment that I turned around. I just thought, I just need to see what they look like. I hadn't really looked at them. I just paid zero attention, other than just wanting to get away and just keep going, because I thought, they're, they're not being particularly nice. They're a bit rowdy. I've obviously been out and stuff like that. But all it takes is one of them to say something like that, and it all goes horribly wrong. And I turned around, and I recognised one of them. No way. I knew one of them. What, from like your your course or something? From being around at uni. They, they live three doors down from me. No way. Yeah. So what did you say? Hey, Frank! I went, well, essentially, yeah, so let's use Frank as the name for now because you brought it up. I'm not going to say the person's name, but I went, hi, Frank, you are right. And he went, oh, hi, Dom, you okay? How's it going? Yeah, yeah, you're all right, you're all right. No, nah, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Had I not been in a situation where I could turn around and recognise any of them, what would happen? I, I have no idea. Did it make you think that Frank was forever a horrendous douchebag? Yes. Because you could have just been an innocent person. Well, you were an innocent person, but, (laughs) you know, an innocent person that didn't know them and could have ended in horrible, you know, injuries and trauma. At any point, they could have just decided that they wanted to jump me or pretend to or surround me or whatever. People are just such... There's some really horrible people in the world, isn't there? Yeah. And not that you was making it as the excuse there, um, but that is so often what people say. Well, we've just been out. We just had a couple drinks, you know. Oh, just me and the me and the guys. And it's like, well, that's not an excuse to get in this mob mentality and threaten people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or make people feel threatened. Yeah. Which is probably all they wanted to do, but luckily, I had that moment of recognising someone, uh, recognising one of them, one of the group, and that that got me out of it. But I I hope that that didn't then spare them to go on and 
do that to someone else mm. because that that's that wouldn't be nice either if they kind of deflected from me onto someone else <sighs> back to Nathan yep so <laughs> Nathan yep and then Wait, am I officially a high flyer now yeah cool well, you're a high flyer good stuff yeah you're in the club thanks man no <laughs> It's okay. You just have to have horrible things happen to you to be in the club. <laughs> oh gosh. But do you, do you know? I can give actually a little example of where I felt myself being on the other side one time. Right. So at uni, and the, one of one of my friends, he had like found a jacket, or I don't know. I can't remember. He basically had this jacket, and he was like, "Look at this jacket. It's great. Whatever, whatever." And then this guy came up and was just like, oh, that's my jacket. So it probably was this guy's jacket. He's like, lost his jacket or whatever. And the, this guy that I was with was like, no, this is my, my jacket. And it was all starting to get heated. And I remember everyone was being like, oh, there's, you know, getting involved in this argument over a jacket. And then suddenly this guy was that had the jacket was like, oh, no, wait, yeah, it is your jacket. But I remember in that moment being like, why would we even be defending him? It's not his jacket. We know it's not his jacket. He didn't come in here with this jacket. But for a minute, you get wrapped up in a... Almost in like, well, I'm going to be on the side of my friend over the over the judgment of what is actually right, yeah. like moralistically, you know. And then that's something that you... Le- and this was happening when we were teenagers, you know. This is something that when you get older... You become your own person. You don't need to react and get the uh, validation from a crowd or your friends or whoever. You know, it's actually, I know what's right and what's wrong. You know, if I saw someone with a jacket now and someone else like, that's my jacket. I know it's not their jacket. Be like, yeah, give him his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, you, jacket what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but it's, you can very easily get swayed and wrapped up into all of the teenage angsty bullshit yeah you know um so yeah um i think if we look at characters if we relate that back to one tree hill if we look at characters like tim yeah tim is that person like a yes man and that's what i'm trying to say is you can easily fall into being a yes man because it's so much easier to be a yes man than a no man yeah um, when you get older, you can be a no man because you're like actually you stand up for what's right and so on and so forth. But yeah, Tim, the ultimate yes man. Yeah, he just wants to fit in with this kid who's potentially the most popular kid in school, or the most known kid in school. And his way of doing that is by following his every word and hanging on it as well. Mm. Um, and that's what happens, isn't it? But Nathan, for this whole episode, is like you were saying earlier has manipulated absolutely everyone to this point so he's manipulated Lucas into believing that he can come to this party but Lucas isn't naive enough to think that nothing will happen Um, he's manipulated Peyton into believing that he's like the caring boyfriend that he is and he's manipulated Hayley into you know being present but we're not going to let Lucas know that we know each other we're not going to let anyone else you know worry about that and I'll be nice to Lucas even though he isn't well so the rest of his function here is he puts on the tape which we've talked about which is horrible 
he but he's obviously aware of this tape because he knows which one to put in etc so it'd be interesting to know what he thought of this tape when he was on his own you know if he ever had any empathy or sympathy for karen um you know from that tape uh he might not have ever put two and two together before Mm. it might have only been at that moment when he's gone i remember seeing that when i was a kid or years ago not really knowing who that person was and then grown up a bit and i've been told who she is and made aware of her i'm going to use that against him for evil because it wasn't until like someone said oh where's the where's your parents haven't got any good porn yeah. Which implies they've got porn there, but it's bad porn. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad quality porn. Yeah, it's in porn black you and have white. It's not acceptable. The camera lens is all out of focus. Yeah, it's <laughs> just all bush. This... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and. He, he then tries to. He offers Haley a lift home and takes Peyton's car. Do you think there was any intention behind that, other than to like to further develop the relationship? Do you think he actually does like Haley? Because he didn't gain anything from taking her home, except yes, she left her car, she left her hat in the back of the car, but he wasn't aware of that. You think he didn't gain anything, but he, to me, he did. He he's earning her trust. Right. So that's what I'm, that's what my question is: is do you think he's doing that? Is a premeditated act to do that and to develop a relationship with her further or do you think it was an act of kindness because he actually likes her no he doesn't sorry I'll start again he's doing this because he's manipulative and this is his way of um, feigning kindness so that she starts to her perception of him will be he's okay really it's about drawing Lucas away from her so he, he's using her, you think? If Lucas has no friends, so... Easier to pick off? This is basically exactly what we were just saying. Absolutely. it's it, Hayley needs to become part of my crowd because you'll see how wonderful I am really and I'm a really nice guy. And Lucas is the one with the problem. That's what he's doing. He's mm. trying to it's divide and conquer. If I can split them up, I can control the, the game. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Okay, so... I'm very passionate about this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. This is like the most high school episode that we've had, I think. Like, it's had moments of feeling not like American Pie, but in terms of those typical high school American sort of house parties, you know, the red cups and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so Nathan then takes the car, drops off Haley. They have a few nice moments, whether they're, you know fake manipulation moments or sincere or not either way and then he just like completely trashes her car because he's trying to like fiddle with the stereo and completely like scrapes it up the side of another car lucas sees thinks that it's peyton you know run into the rescue yeah run into the rescue and then he basically nathan instantly uses it against him like, oh why are you running after my girlfriend why are yeah. you doing this where lucas is the type that it doesn't matter who it was right he would be there i mean he also was wanting to sort of save peyton i guess and and then nathan just basically says you're the only one here it's my word against yours what's mine and tim's word against yours because tim will say whatever i tell him to say 
So fuck you, basically. <laughs> I, I think he's playing that that stereotypical rich kid that money will just make this go away. So Peyton might lose her car for a bit, but who cares? We just get her another one. Or not my car, not my problem. Exactly. I don't have the issue. She's got the issue now. I've still got what I want, and if I get caught, then I'll pay for it. Who cares? Well, and also in the pilot episode, you know, he got away with stealing a bus. Like, even if the police got involved, he probably feels a bit untouchable mm. to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, and then he has this whole thing of Peyton's asking where her car is, and he's saying, oh, Tim took it. He took Tim... Brooke home. That's it. And then the next day, when Tim comes to the door, Nathan's trying to quickly sort of signal him to say, to pretend that he has... Peyton's car sort of messes that up uh, and then Nathan has another moment at the at Keith's body shop and Lucas like won't accept his money is that right to pay for it like Nathan's like we're gonna pay you yeah it says just once you've done all the work bill me yeah send me the invoice send me the invoice and we'll, we'll pay for the, the whole lot and he's like I don't want your money he's like whatever he just walks off, doesn't he? So now Lucas is paying to get all of the, or doing the work himself, but paying for the materials and the time. He's going to fix the... two people's cars that he didn't even have anything to do with. He's just going to have that. I don't know whether Lucas sees that as him having the. What's the right way of like phrasing the moral high ground? Moral high ground, yeah, perfect. So I think Lucas sees that as him having the moral high ground. And he can then hold that over Nathan forever. Or at least for the, that, for the foreseeable future. That he's just so, a horrendous douchebag. Yeah. Remember, you were so much of an asshole that you destroyed this car. Your girlfriend's car. And it's a and nice car. other guy's car. And yeah, you might have offered to pay for it, but you did it on the back of being told off by your mum. Because our uncle phoned you, um, phoned your mum and said... He's destroyed his girlfriend's car and someone else's car and it's sitting in our body shop and Lucas is taking the fall for it. As much as he's an idiot and it could get him in trouble and me in trouble because Keith says, oh, it's my licence that, you, you know, you're putting a risk here. Um, Lucas is still out there willing to pay for it and he's going to go, do you know what? Even after all of that, I didn't want to take your money and you still didn't, like... you just leave the money, wouldn't you, and walk off. Oh, let me know roughly how much it is or, you know, here's... Sorry, here's a thousand dollars. Just see how that how that goes, and just bugger off. If you've got that much money and you want to waste it, why not do that and try and take some of the high ground? But he's never going to get that, and Lucas is always going to retain that now. I think it's always well put, by the way. I think it's also like money is an easy solution that takes no effort. Like what Lucas is doing is taking time and effort to actually fix it himself, or with. Nathan's approach is throwing money at it it's not it's not costing him anything yes it's costing him the money but probably not his money anyway he doesn't have a job or anything that we know of so it's just you know making it go away other than the moral high ground though yeah yeah. he's probably got this attachment now if I fix this car and I do it myself I do it my own time it's time with Peyton you think he's maybe using it as a way to weave in to Peyton? Yeah. Potentially. Mm. <laughs> well, You're looking at me like that. <laughs> well, 
because I was about to say Lucas is therefore he is part of our high flyers club because he's taking the high road, right? But, but you are saying potentially he's doing it for his own gain. Is he? He's either doing it for his own gain, or he doesn't want Nathan to get any gain, any sort of glory from it. Going, I'm really sorry, I broke your car, but I've paid for it all to be sorted. Here it is. Ta-da! It's magic. It's back to how it was. If Nathan presents the car and goes, I paid for that to happen, to get it fixed, I'm really sorry. It's kind of, we're back in that cycle of apologies, making her feel like crap again, apologies, and, and so on. And so it just continues. Um, and that cycle will never break. But Lucas is kind of forcing that to happen. He's for, forcing that circle to break. Change, yeah. Um, by going, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that that opportunity away from you and I'm going to make it my opportunity so I can say look he's done this I've taken the fall for it I've now fixed your car here you go it's his opportunity to sort of don the cape and save the day and he likes being in that position of like saving Peyton you think yeah nice what what do you think what do you think is in Nathan's future he's very close isn't he so to um uh, we'll get on to Peyton in a minute but, but that feels like it's separate now um, he goes are you coming into bed and she's like and you said that with a straight face yeah you know so to me that's her way of saying this is pretty much over we're not working it hasn't worked for a while when that does happen doesn't it I'm out at the end she breaks up with him yeah so this is perfect for him he's not one he's not had to break up with her because um, all he does is just give her a hard time and it, it's just the status of dating a cheerleader to him I think two he, it allows him the opportunity to play um, the vulnerable victim to Haley. Mm. and go she left me blah 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 oh look at Lucas and her getting close together that must be the reason he, he's humanising himself to Haley. previously to Haley, he was always no, I like it. Just the way he's humanising himself. It's like he's like a serial murderer that's like <laughs> hiding in plain sight to manipulate people. He's just a regular guy. Like, do you know? <laughs> right. The most serial killer thing anyone's ever said to me where I thought, are you actually a serial killer trying to like be in plain sight? Is I was walking my dog once and a guy said to me, they had a dog as well. And the dog came <laughs> over. And was all, you know, it's all nice and whatever. And I'd only had our dog Luna for a little while at that point. And he said, you know, you see a man, you see a stranger. You see a man with a dog, you see a friend. And I was like, okay, yeah, nice. And then go off, you know, go back to the car, get in the car. And I think, hang on a minute. (laughs) Why is he chasing me? I I was like, but what if... A stranger that wanted to appear friendly just thought, just go get a dog. And now I'm your friend. <laughs> I was thinking, like, that's so creepy. <laughs> I was like, that, you know, to humanise yourself, because, you know, dogs are nice for the most part. Sorry, anyway, so Nathan's going to get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan is now going to put himself in a situation where he... Um, appears vulnerable and like I said humanises himself to 
Haley, who has always had this perception that he's just a complete ass um, and isn't a nice person and doesn't care about anyone else. I mean, she even calls him that in the episode where she goes to say, "Stop being such a." She basically says, "Stop being such a dick," but changes it to jerk. Um, yep. And he's like, "Oh, you know, thanks for changing the word, kind of thing." But this, this, it's all part of his plan. It will work. I think Peyton splitting up with him will work in his favour in terms of gaining Haley's trust. Okay. <laughs> Who do you think the bigger antagonist is, Nathan or Dan? Ooh, at the moment, Dan. Um, sorry, at the moment, Nathan. At the moment, Nathan. But it's it's very much the driving force is there from Dan. But in but in this episode, um, Dan's had put no pressure on Nathan really. No. Dan's now doing this because is what he believes is the right thing to do. To be able to get his spot back in the team, to be able to convince Haley. If he can break him from all angles, so he can break him in basketball, he can break him in his personal life, he can break him at school. Do you think Nathan secretly broke the pipes at Lucas's house? Maybe. I did think at the beginning that he was, there was some involvement in of hazing, but it did appear to be just a broken pipe. I don't know. Are you hinting? No. <laughs> no, it's just a genuine question. Okay, well, let's move on to Haley then. Okay. So Haley's green hat, how do you feel about it? Um, Very 90s, wasn't it? This is 2003? Yep. Set in 2003 as well? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a bit 90s. It's a bit late. We don't need it. Do you see? We don't need it. Well, Haley's Unless fa- she's going to a Stone Roses concert, which I very much doubt. Well, Haley's fashion in the first season is like something that's like a theme. It's like a memed thing. Right. That she sort of dresses unorthodox, let's say. Okay. Um, and it sort of becomes a bit of a joke as it goes along. But that's not spoiling anything, I don't think. But Haley, we've kind of spoken about all of her major points, really. Um, do you have anything you want to add about Haley? She confronts Nathan. Um in the right way that you said you'd leave him alone what did you say to him and Nathan says oh it was a joke it was just a guy's messing around and it clearly wasn't but she wasn't there she wasn't present um, so she wouldn't know and she's now been put in this situation where Lucas is becoming untrustworthy even though she's technically the untrustworthy one because she's the one that's tutoring Nathan without telling Lucas without making him aware of it so from the whole t- for that, from the beginning of this of this happening, she's, in my eyes, been the one at fault. Mm, she's she, it's your classic Shakespeare thing. Absolutely, if she'd been open and honest from the beginning, nothing wrong will happen. But because she's lying and hiding it, everything wrong is going to happen. Because as soon as she admits that, it's a why didn't you tell me straight away? What else are you hiding? That's kind of what it becomes. And it's, we've already got to that point because she's even tried to say to Lucas, talk to him. Have you guys ever thought about having a conversation? And he's like, oh yeah, we email each other as well. <laughs> we exchange yeah. emails. Haley is almost a, one of these people that will try and see the best in anyone, even though she knows that Nathan has never been particularly nice and isn't a good person. But she's trying to see the good in him. And I think that was initially led by Karen. Because Karen has said maybe he's trying to change. 
she's trying to sway Lucas to the idea that he might be okay and it might be a good idea to talk to him because it will make her um, story or her reasoning behind tutoring him easier to explain. Ah, you think that's why she's doing it? Yeah. Make it easier when it is revealed. Yeah, I, I think she genuinely wants this sorted, but actually, go, you know, I've started tutoring him because he's not very bright and he needed the help, and I'm apparently the best tutor and I'm the one that can help him. So he, this is who I've been helping. Do you think she fancies him or? Fancying is a quite a British term, but fancying <laughs> means you know. Do attracted. you think? Yeah, she's attracted to him. Uh, probably. I mean, when they when they did the handshake and he went, "Hi, I'm Nathan." She's like, "Oh, yeah, I know who you are," kind of thing. And then she has that embarrassed like, I, she's like she, blushing she, a little bit. Like touches her hair and like brushes her hair past her ears as she walks past Peyton, and it's that I know what I've done. I know I've just said hello to him in front of you, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell that there's something not right about the situation. So she 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 does that to almost cover her face and walk away from her. That's kind of how, how I see that. I, I also think that she was blushing a little bit. I yeah. think. I, I think. Have you think it's he's like the star of the basketball team and like the most popular guy in school, and she is not. She's kind of like you know in in the shadows or whatever. Um, let's, let's, she's a bookworm that. Is a bit nerdy, but and and helps tutor people. Yeah, you know, attention from him she probably likes. Nothing wrong with that. She's not getting the attention she wants from Lucas. Right, in your opinion. In my opinion, we're spoiler free, my friend. <laughs> spoiler free. It's written on the can. So, but that does bring up the whole point that Peyton does bring it up to Haley that Peyton knows. Oh, he told he tells me everything. Peyton says, mm. and this is Haley feeling a bit caught in the lie. I think because she knows that Peyton, it could easily go from Peyton to Lucas, and it's over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's kind of her function. The rest of it we've kind of spoken about, apart from the end where Lucas gives her the opportunity at the cafe. Anything weird been happening? Anything you want to tell me? Like, gives. If anyone ever says to you, anything you want to tell me? Like, it's such an old school sort of parent <laughs> thing, isn't it? Where it's like, quick, rack my brain because whatever comes next is the fact that they know whatever it is that I've done. Or I'm going to admit to something that they don't know and there's something else that I've done. <laughs> that I'm not even aware of. <laughs> but she chooses not to. And what does Lucas hand her, Dom? The hat. The green hat. The green fluffy hat. But that's how the episode ended, wasn't it? Ah, yeah. How did you, what did you think of that as a sort of cliffhanger or ending? I was like, oh, William, Mr. Shakespeare, have you seen this episode? Because it's plagiarism. What? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Why, did someone give someone a hat back in Shakespeare? Not necessarily a hat, but, you know, there's always that opportunity, isn't there? You can tell to, me the, to admit the truth. You can tell me the truth now, and I will understand. I won't be happy about it, but I'm going to be understanding, and I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to see your point of view, and we'll go from there, and we'll work things out. But no, she continued to lie. She said to no. To his face. In his face. In his There's mother's cafe. On. There's nothing going on. 
But whoa, whoa! Look what I found, I found a hat. Because the guy that you actually like, that is secretly manipulating you, drove you home in a car that has now been destroyed, and this is the hat that was left in the back of it. And he's also my half-brother from another mother. And guess what? You want to be his lover, but I say no, choose another. Because listen, that's my half-brother. My half-brother. My half-brother. <laughs> my half-brother. Choose another. Not my half-brother. Choose another. Choose another. Choose another lover. Not my half-brother. <laughs> Brother. Danny Glover. Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson's banned from our podcast. <laughs> probably keep it Danny Glover. Yeah, you're proud of that. That's the only thing that I could rhyme with. <laughs> Did you spend the whole time trying it's to find it? Lover a... with a G on the front of it. <laughs> uh, Danny. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> okay, so... What? Yeah, so that's the end of Haley. What's your prediction of her? She's going to try and regain Lucas's trust somehow in the next episode, but it's not going to work. Lucas is still going to be hurt by it. But Lucas is quite like Karen in that he will forgive you for the littlest thing 20 minutes later. So It also sounds like, or feels like, they've probably never even had an argument before, like of any weight, you know, so it might be that... Well, this is the, this this is is the, the first, first time. Betrayal. It's an anomaly, you yeah. know. We all make mistakes, you know. But I think he's going to be really hurt by it because he's he's taking things a lot more personally now because it because of who's involved, and this person has essentially been bullying him for let's say a couple of weeks now or however long. And that's do you not think that's going to be her point? She's like, I'm trying to stop it from happening. Yeah, it might be her point. So I'm trying to fix this. I'm I'm helping him to help you. And he's not going to see that. He won't see it that way. He'll still see it as betrayal. And that will only get her closer to Nathan. I think we'll start seeing like more tutoring and it'll start getting a bit close. And she'll be a bit uncomfortable with it at first, but maybe later on in the series it'll be hands on knees kind of thing. What? Like Nathan will put his hand on her knee. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> finally we've got Lucas and Peyton, but I think we've said everything there is to say about them already. Is there anything that else needs to be added? We can just skip to your predictions for them both. So I think I think it's important that we maybe we cover them together now, just okay. like very quickly. So yeah, um, another beginning of an episode where Lucas is in a shower. <laughs> yeah, wasn't expecting that. You know, another episode so early on. But hey, fine for the ladies again. Yep. Um, <laughs> he has a very good figure. Do you know that he, uh, I think he had part of his spleen removed because he, uh, I mentioned he's like really good at American football. I think yeah. he had like a, a bad injury. I think he was like going to go places like American football and with, with that and whatever. And I think he got a bad injury. I had to have some of his spleen removed and. Uh, but he's like said that because of that, it's like hard for him to put on weight. Wow. So, yeah. Was he a quarterback? I don't know. I I I know hardly anything about American football apart from what I've seen in like the Water Boy <laughs> <laughs> and films, films like that. I really like it. Like I think it's really cool. 
then at the other, on the other hand I think it's also not very cool in terms of you know potentially giving people like well not potentially giving people like brain damage and have you yeah. seen the film Concussion with uh, Will Smith uh, yes it's where he's the doctor yeah yeah I think I have yeah it's yeah. about developing a helmet I think they develop was, a helmet off the back of yeah something like that oh, there's like these guys that get like years after they've retired um, getting like suicidal tendencies and really bad anxiety and depression and you know yeah like horrible stuff from just repeated trauma but uh, so. from everything there is to know about NFL and American football I, I know about it's pretty complicated isn't it (laughs) it's extreme yeah but it's cool it's like i'm in two minds about it i think it's really cool but i think it's i think it's dangerous like they need is there not a middle ground here where they can take (laughs) some of the brutalness out of it i i don't know don't know but yeah but yes well that's that's crazy that that's happened to him and um he maintains it well doesn't he his body, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta give him some credit, yeah. Well, he was 22 here in real life, so he's not like that anymore. And he's starting, no, yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he hasn't aged well. He's no, he has Chad he's, Michael Murray. He's like, he's Simon's hero. I has not aged well. I am, I am married, okay, uh, but my wife is aware, she knows that he would be my man crush. I say it. Do you have a man crush, Dom? You. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like Haley walking past Peyton. <laughs> hairbrush. Don't look at me. Now let me guess. You would be someone like, like Tom Hardy or something. No. No, too rough. Oh, okay. You would be who then? I don't know. David Beckham. No. Say that because you like football. Um. I think of someone. There will be someone. Leo. Like I think he's beautiful. Leo. <laughs> no. Brad. No. Maybe George. Clooney. Maybe. Like an older man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Okay, that's younger. Like from the for the Bourne. Why are we talking about Jason this? Bourne. <laughs> it's, it's important. Is it? <laughs> yes. I think it's important. Okay. <laughs> Come. Oh god. You want to talk about Peyton and Lucas? Well, I did want to talk right, about so Peyton, Peyton and Lucas. You started talking about men. Right, Lucas <laughs> Lucas is in the shower. Lucas has his moment in the shower. That that was a very brief moment that I wanted to discuss. He was yeah. in the shower in the beginning of another episode. Have you noticed that... Let's talk more about Chad Michael Murray's body. <laughs> Have you noticed he's got a tattoo on his arm that they've covered up, you know, like with um, makeup to try and match his skin all right um but it's not covered up very well like it's dark i'm like looking at my own arm uh but i have tattoos but i don't have any like that so there's no point me this is a pointless exercise he's got blocked writing that's like in black so it's probably quite hard to to cover it but it's on like the top of his left or right arm and the tattoo says, because you'll be able to see it in future episodes, I think. You can see it in HD where it's poorly covered. Right. Uh, and the tattoo says CMM. Chad Michael Murray. It's his own initials. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, this is why I brought it up. 
<laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I don't think I'd get my initials on me. So I could get your initials on me? You could get my initials on you. I'd get your initials on me. Okay. Why don't we do that? <laughs> okay. I haven't got any tattoos. You're about to get one, my friend. <laughs> or he has another tattoo. I, I had a bet once about getting a tattoo. Okay. So I go to a quiz. Yeah. And it's quite a difficult quiz. The music one. The music one. Yeah, yeah. And I said, if we ever come first, I'll get a tattoo of everyone's name. Or at least on the, team. the initials of everyone that's on the team. And you did it. And we won. I still don't have a tattoo. I still owe people a tattoo. I'm, Is... I'm just a bit like, can I get away with not getting it? Just and, don't and mention gonna, it. Yeah, they're never bring it up. It. Never mention it. I don't it. really want my mate Ian's <laughs> initials on me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Ian. I love Ian. Great guy. Lovely man. But... I don't want his name tattooed on Does me. that put me in an, in an upper echelon for me and them? Because you have my tattoo initials on you. Sure. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> you just lied to me like you lied to Ian, didn't you? <laughs> Hello, Nathan. <laughs> Give me this Ian's number. We're going to rally up a mob to come and <laughs> well, find like force you. Force tattoo me? Yeah. Wow. When you're... Yeah. So, do you want it? <laughs> Do you want to hear about? A weird do you want to hear about his other tattoo? He's got another tattoo on his wrist, going that is lettering. It's a word, and letters are like going down this way. Mm. And guess what the word is? Is it Raven? No, I wish it was. It's got the same number of letters though. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I have no idea. It's relax. <laughs> like Frankie goes to Hollywood. Just relax. Wow. Is that as a reminder? That's actually what he said before. Just a reminder to relax. Wow. Chill out, man. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. So, Lucas is in the shower, yeah. Just get away from the shower bit. We moved on from that. We've moved on from the shower. <laughs> get out of the shower. God's sake. I know you love this guy, but just stop being in the shower with him. Okay. Um, so, Lucas is... in the whole... shower, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Lucas in this whole episode. Um, he has to combat a few things, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. One of those is... Cold water in the shower. N- no water in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no water, my bad. Stop talking about the shower now. I think we've you've laboured that point. Yeah. It's scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling your wife. She knows. I don't think she does. <laughs> She's definitely not listening, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on. Um, I won't tell any bro, it's fine. No. Um, Chad's in the shower. No, oh I'm joking. My God. I'm joking. Go on, go on, go on. Just relax. CMM. <laughs> right he's got things to, that he needs to overcome one of those is the situation with Haley. one of those is now the situation with his mum which he does apologise for and one of those is the situation with it's kind of the combination of Peyton, Nathan, Carr Keith 
that whole episode bit there. So he confronts Haley. So we we won't talk about this chronologically. So he confronts Haley. He's not happy about the fact that she's there's clearly something going on, particularly with Nathan, because he doesn't trust, like, or want anything to do with Nathan. And Haley has always been on his side. She's always been there since they were eight. We found this out the other day, uh, the other episode. Sorry. Um, so why is she suddenly turning on him? That must be how he he feels. So he confronts it. He he does the grown up thing and says, "I've given you an opportunity now to tell me what's going on." Without saying those words, obviously, but he puts it out there, and she doesn't. So he he doesn't know how to feel. He's got that. Well, you're obviously holding like holding something back from me. It involves him. I'm not happy about it. Are you going to become part of the bullying? Well, she he puts her in a position of making her make a choice in front of him, and I think that's very important because I think a lot of the times people kind of can go with this flow of doing what other people do and so on and so forth and this is him actually being like no you make a choice now and she made it clearly and then there's the repercussion here's i drop the hat drop the mic i i know what you've done the problem is is he doesn't know what she she's done well no as in yeah that she he knows she's been deceitful in some way yeah he and he's making Assumptions, I suppose, in his own head uh, because he's not verbalised any of it and he's not brought any of it out. I'm sure that he'll probably talk to Keith and his mum about it in the next episode. That's kind of where I think he'll go with that. On the back of that, he, as part of going to this party, finds out about about his mum and her true plans and how she really felt about Dan. And he's hurt. He's totally hurt by it. He doesn't understand why they were in this position of being in love and being together forever to now he's got nothing he's got nothing uh, or he feels like sorry he feels like he's got nothing but you know he's got a loving mother who's taking care of him who's trying to make his life uh, as good as it possibly can be with with what they've got and you know she says that she wouldn't change that for the world and he I don't think he would either I think he's quite happy with with that side of it but he needs to get through that and see past that and not be drawn into this world of look what my half brother has got and I haven't because you know although that decision wasn't his to make and it was Karen's he needs to respect that and know that actually he's had a good life he's having a good life um you know he's not living on the streets or anything like that yeah fair enough there might be issues in the house but you get over that, you overcome that, don't you? And deal with that. Um, and the other situation is the whole Peyton Nathan him triangle, which you know has got Haley involved in it as well, but she's not quite in that triangle yet. Um, where he obviously likes Peyton, is doing to Nathan what Nathan is doing to him in terms of the women in their life. So he's always talking to Peyton. He's always trying to get her on side. He's always saying how bad the other person is. And Nathan isn't even going to that extreme with Haley. He's just saying, I don't know why he doesn't like me. You know, I, I don't do anything wrong. I'm just a guy. I'm not very smart. I need help being tutored. And you're the right person to help me 
do that. Oh, Lucas left the party early. He's mm. gone. He left without you. Did he not tell you? You know, there's all these little things that he can now use and go, oh, I wouldn't have done that and blah, 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 blah. And it is a bit of a douchey move on Lucas's part. He thought she'd gone, to be fair. Oh, is that what she happened? Stormed, she stormed out. Right. She stormed out to leave and he was like, wait, wait, and didn't want her to go. Right, okay. All right, I'll take that back then. Sorry, Chad. But, <laughs> I got blinded. <laughs> By you in the shower. Yeah. Um, but but that's opened up an opportunity for Nathan to to almost look like the better person. Yeah. When he we know he isn't at all. He totally isn't. Um, totally. Um, so what's your prediction for Lucas then? I think he's going to have a struggle with... Haley in the next episode, it'll be difficult. But it'll be difficult between them, um, and he'll have to kind of his mum might potentially be the go-between between them. He, I don't, I think it, there'll even be a point of just ignoring Haley at one point when he's walking through the cafe, like shunning her. Yeah, which which isn't going to be nice, but that's no different to what Nathan and Dan do to each other, you know, but. He feels wronged in whatever way. He might then go to seek advice from... It, it'll be like Keith and Karen will be the main ones, but they're kind of the main ones in the home life background bit. Maybe Jake comes back in, is a bit more involved, and, you know, tries to guide him through it. I don't know. That it could even be Brooke's moment to sort of swoop in and, and do something. I'm, I'm not sure. But then he, the, the whole Haley nathan situation, how Lucas feels about it, will be... Probably his main storyline in the next episode. Almost certainly. Nice. Okay, awesome. So let's go on finally to Peyton. We've kind of spoken about most of her stuff. Any bits you want to touch on with Peyton? Um, no, just the comic strip. People mocking the comic strip. Because she's obviously... That was harsh. Yeah. And Nathan had picked up that it was hers without her having to say. And that it was essentially mocking him yeah. in the strip. And... Um, Lucas goes to her defence again by calling everyone shallow. Yeah. And saying, you know, the reason they're like that is because they're shallow. And actually, all of you are quite shallow. Um, which was an, an important moment, I think. Uh, other than that, the, the biggest moment she has is the telling Nathan that, that it's over. Mm-hmm. And she's... She, like she, her car is missing. She doesn't even know that her car has been destroyed. So she probably does by the end of the episode when Nathan offers to pay for it and pay for the damages to be repaired. But other than that, she has, she has a big moment in terms of she knows it's time to now split up with Nathan. Um, and in terms of where she goes forward from now in the next episode, might draw her a bit closer to Lucas. Um, I think she'll still be uh, she'll be quite standoffish and defensive against Lucas and probably be like that with everyone she hasn't got anyone to go to now in terms of Brooke I guess Brooke's the only person that's gonna filter the emptiness Mm. so she hasn't got that boyfriend even though they, they weren't really a proper couple or they didn't feel like one she hasn't got that place to go to She's just going to be at home moping around, being miserable. A bit of a void. Yeah. So maybe she's got to find something to fill that void and will that attention... Will Lucas and her find each other in their moment of Nathan 
has already obviously got eyes for Haley in Peyton's eyes. Haley is helping Nathan and got some sort of connection with him in the eyes of Lucas, which will then push them together. Which I think I've mentioned before, but it's kind of it's come to light a little bit more now, and it will get to that next step in the next episode. Excellent. Well, that concludes our character journeys for this week. We'll move in now to give you some more information about our Patreon page, ravenshoops.net. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you would like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes a patron shout-out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover, and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel, and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode, we will spin the wheel, and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this, and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. So, Dom, let's move on to our judgments. So, who was your favourite performer, actor, actress of the episode? Chad Michael Murray. CMM. CMM. Tattooed. Relax. I think I think it's him. He, um, he's, he's crying. It's really good. When he did the crying scene, like really elbow smashed Nathan into that pillow. Yeah, he like wall. proper body checked him. It yeah. felt real, didn't it, fe- it? Yeah, it felt really real, and that that bit really sealed it for me. I I, I liked that, so I'll, I'll go with Chad Michael Murray on this on this one. What about you? Even the way actually that James Lafferty Nathan reacted to being pushed and is kind of like laughing it off. That actually felt really real as well. Because um, he seemed quite shocked by it, by mm. that body check. I will say James Lafferty, I was thinking it, because he goes through this whole range of, are you a horrible douchebag? Can you be quite nice? He kind of, hi, I'm Nathan Scott. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Smashing the car up. No one saw you, just me. You know, mine and Tim word against yours, whatever, whatever. I think he plays the antagonist well but also is able to play potentially depending on what you're thinking you know manipulating nice misunderstood guy you know really well as well so i would give it to james lafferty who's your favorite character um it's not lucas although chad michael murray played it really well it's not him 
in this episode. Uh, I actually think I'm probably going to give it to Debs. I think she's my favourite character at the moment. She's She seems so like real and down to earth. She's almost like the grown-up version of Jake. She had the nice moment with Karen, with the biscotti. Yeah, it was very sort of... Yeah, I think I'm going with Debs and that. I think as a character, I liked her in this episode. You? I will go with Keith. And I say Keith because I like... Three seconds. Sorry? <laughs> what did you say? I said he's in it for three seconds. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but the, what I liked about him was I liked... It was kind of hard to like any of the the younger characters, like in terms of how Nathan was acting, Haley, how Peyton was acting, Lucas at times, though it's a bit more understandable. And then Dan, and then yeah, Debs is a good one. But I liked Keith in the moment of, yeah, you will do that work. And yes, I am going to call Dan and Deb because you may be able to let it go, but I'm not. Like, you know, to sort of cut the shit kind of thing, you know? Uh, and I like that. In three seconds, he managed to be the most grown-up grown-up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I like that. So who was your favourite background performer? It wasn't necessarily background, but there was the lad that was kind of... Brooke was hanging off his arm quite a bit, and there's the, the lad that had the Hawaiian shirt on, yeah. like the red-coloured Hawaiian shirt, who sort yeah. of laughed at everything and was just involved at everything at the beach house um he's just kind of there laughing and being a bit unusual and he looked really awkward when um the video was being played and chad michael murray started crying and um smashed nathan into a wall so i i think him nice do you have a favorite background performer i'm gonna say does Theresa count Sure. Well, because she had a line, does that mean she does? We should come up with that distinction. Does a line mean that she can't count? Or should we say that if they have more than one line? Yeah. Like as in consecutively, if in another scene she has a line. I think she only had one line, I think. So I'll say Teresa for now. Which was the sex with plastic line. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Song? I, I didn't really know any songs in the whole episode. Me neither. I, I missed it because of the, I think probably because of the content of the episode. Mm, there was a lot of content in this episode. It was sort of zigzagging all over the place. Yeah. It really did push the story forward, which does bring us on to our rating. So Dom, it's your turn to go first. What do you want to rate this out of 10? And just as a reminder, I think for the pilot we had six then we had eight for the second episode seven for the third episode where are you thinking for episode four i think this is another seven um i think it's a solid seven though um and i think that because this episode has built up to something in the next one where's Peyton's journey gonna go What's going to happen between Haley and Nathan? What's going to happen between Lucas and Haley? What's going to happen between Lucas and Peyton? So many questions. There's so many questions that need answering now. I hope the next episode brings that up, that, those answers. Um, but I, I think this is a solid seven. 
what is your guess of the number you think I'm going to go for, or that I wanted to sh- or want to shoot for? I think you're going to go for eight. Well, my friend, I agree on the seven. Ooh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think seven for all the reasons that you said, and it pushed things along in the right way. Yeah, and it was a lot of content. It was a lot going on. Um, there are some episodes coming up reasonably soon that there are some tens. I'm going to say it, in my opinion. There's some episodes that are like some of my favourite episodes of the whole nine seasons are in season one. So when you think of it that way, it's like, you know, some of the best episodes are coming, in my opinion. So. When I get to those episodes, I'm going to try and guess if they're your, if that's the ones you're in. Okay. I, I probably, I reckon I'll be able to work it out. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening as always. Please check out our Patreon page, ravenshoops.net, where there's additional content on there and early release, etc., etc. You can find us and follow us and reach out to us on social media, Dom. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Ravens Podcast. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just do us a favor. Take the phone out now. Look, we'll talk to you while you do it. Take the phone out. (laughs) Unlock it. Passcode. Face recognition. That's helpful. Are you in? You're in. Okay. Are you in? Are you actually doing this? Come on, take the phone out. Okay. Yep, you're in. Okay. Where are you listening to the podcast right now? So pull the thing down so you can see our page. Little five stars. If you have a second, just a couple words. It really helps us to just get up the charts so that more people like yourself can, you know, be part of it. Because it's fun having people to interact with, you know, for us to do this. And we're spreading the, the love of One Tree Hill. So Simon's massive love and my journey of discovery. And that's, that's what this is all about. And if we can bring people along on that journey then that's, that's great. And if you can encourage people by with your rating, then that's even better. Exactly that. So thank you. And guess what, Dom? Raven's on free? You, you want me to do the counting? Oh, you do the counting. Okay. Ready? Raven's on free. One, two, three. Ravens! No. You you didn't do it enough. I did. Raven's on free. One, two, three. Ravens! <laughs> that's cruel. Thanks, everyone. Bye.